talking about reversing the curse. Woo. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm talking today uh, about just the power of God to set us free. So as I prayed, I, I'm trusting that what I share today would, would, would partner with this moment that, that Musa has facilitated and, and that we would see the absolutely magnificent victory of Christ over everything, over everything. So what is a curse and how can I avoid it? Good question. Good question. What is a curse and how can we avoid it? You know, if you, if you listen to the stories of Beauty and the Beast, of Sleeping Beauty, it appears that if you irritate fairies and witches, you can curse with a very ugly body and a long, long sleep. Yeah. It appears... It appears, if you look at certain movies, that, that really horrifying spirits can, can curse you with diseases and experiences that you just don't want. If we listen to cultural law, it appears that you can be cursed by angry ancestors. It appears that those, those neighbors, those suspicious neighbors who think that you have stolen their boyfriend can curse you. I mean, it's everywhere. It's like, how do you avoid it? I feel like I'm, I'm running the gauntlet between a, a line of snipers and something's going to get me. At the same time, the Bible is filled well, not faulty. It, it has a significant amount to say about curses. And the Bible, in Bible implies that poverty, slavery, calamity, diseases, certain diseases, being overrun by your enemies, are all a result of a curse. So what is a curse and how can we avoid it? How can we live free? I'm so pleased you asked that question because we are going to discover that right now. And we're going to go, because in the series, this is the last of the series on um, meaning and purpose, looking at the first three books of the Bible, first three chapters of the Bible, sorry, Genesis 1 through 3, we, we're going to look at the first time a curse is mentioned, and that is in Genesis 3. Reading that, it says this, from verse 14, Genesis 3, it says, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten the, of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Lord bless the reading of your word, and Lord God, we quake in the light of that scripture. 
at first reading it, it kind of appears that God is cursing the serpent, that God is cursing um, Eve, God is cursing Adam. This happened after they disobeyed him and, and went and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and all calamity just was loosed on the earth. And this is what God stood before them and said, because of this, this is coming. So at first reading, it kind of looks like God is just throwing down curses. And now, and now we not only have to watch out for irritated fairies, and paranoid neighbors, and angry ancestors. Now, it seems like God's after us too. But I have good news for you. Everyone say good news. Good news. Good news is coming. Jesus Christ came with good news. So I, I want to examine the scripture to answer the question, what is a curse, and how can I avoid it? How can I live in the freedom that Christ won for me? Can we jump back to the very first line of the scripture I read? It says there, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field, talking to the serpent. Because you have done this, cursed are you. My friend, I want you to, I want you to see. God is not calling down a curse on the serpent. He's saying, you did something and therefore, this is happening. You see, a curse is not something someone does to you. Yeah. A curse is not something that is inflicted on you by an outsider, let alone by God. A curse is something you choose. Yeah. See, a curse is a consequence. A curse is a consequence. My friends, that is good, because it means you can avoid it. It means you can avoid it. A curse is a consequence. You see, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, God had laid out for them every good thing, every good thing. Here is, here is goodness upon goodness upon goodness upon goodness. And he said, but avoid this one thing. Because if you do, there is calamity along the way. Well, he's, not, he's not cursing them. He's protecting them. That's right. You see, God made the world and he knows how it works. Yes. And you know, if we, if we misuse his creation, there are consequences. Yeah, that's right. Come on. You know, sex is good. But if you misuse it, it's very destructive. Yeah. Electricity is good. But if you misuse it, it's very destructive. Money, power, fame, these are all good things. But if you misuse them, they're destructive. And you see, curse, a curse is a consequence. It's when you take a good thing out of its place and you put it in the wrong place. And then there are consequences. Creation groans under that and there are negative things that come as a result of that. You see, we are free to choose our actions and our beliefs. You are absolutely free. God made you free, and he will never rescind that. You are free to choose your actions and beliefs. You're just not free to choose the consequences of those actions and beliefs. And like a good father goes to his child and says, don't stick your fingers in that electrical socket. He's not being controlling, mean, or cursing that child. He's protecting that child. And God has laid out in his Bible so clearly, live like this and you will be blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't go here. 
Don't, don't keep that in that place. Don't bring it into this place. Live like this. Live righteously and true under me. Allow me to dictate what's good and right. And if you do, you see, blessing is also a consequence. And as a result of living in my ways, you will be blessed. As a result of ignoring my wisdom, ignoring my truth, there will be consequences. And the Bible calls those consequences a curse. You see, God doesn't curse you. My friends, the ancestors cannot curse you. Your irritated neighbor cannot curse you. We are cursed as a result of our decisions and our actions and our beliefs. A curse is not something someone does to you. A curse is something you choose. I see some confused looks on your faces. Listen to me carefully. There's a scripture in Deuteronomy, and it goes like this. I call heaven, Deuteronomy 38, 19. This is after God has stood before Israel. They are just about to go into the promised land. And he's laid out for them the blessed life. He says, you will be the head and, and not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath. You'll be blessed in your agriculture. You'll be blessed in your homes. If you follow my ordinances, ordinances if you follow me. And then he says, if you don't follow me, he lists all the terrible things that will happen to them. And then right at the end of this, he says, Deuteronomy 30, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. You see, God is a God of freedom. He doesn't need to control you because he's not afraid. Control is a result of fear. He's not desiring to, to push you into some kind of mold. He made you good. He made you with the capacity to hear him, to know him. And he's, he's operating in a way that allows you to move into that freedom. But he's, he's giving you the consequences of your freedom and saying, before you now is life and death, blessing and curses. Choose life. Choose life. Choose life. So the central message of what I'm saying today is this, choose life. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, choose life? Choose life. Don't you hate it when preachers say that? But every now and then we need time to regroup and think what we have to say next. So we have to do this thing. So choose life. Choose life. Choose life. I am... Um, I also have really good news for you. That we can choose life because Jesus defeated every curse. Yes. You see, one of, one of the beautiful things about Jesus is that his victory is absolutely complete. Absolutely complete. He even saves you from the negative things that you deserved. He's that good. The Bible says in Galatians 3 verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For, his, for it is written, cursed is anyone who is hanged on a tree. My friends, when we read that original 
scripture. Do you remember when God was pronouncing the consequences of the woman's disobedience? He said this, I will put enmity between you and the serpent. And you understand the serpent is Satan. It's not every snake you see, although there is a lot of enmity between me and a lot of snakes. But he was saying, I, I'm putting enmity between you and the devil. And then he says, from your seed, from your offspring will come one. And the serpent, the devil, will bruise his heel. But he will bruise his head. That word bruise can be translated and certainly in this context is probably more correctly stated as crush. You see, right at the beginning, when this, this terrible calamity happened, God had already embedded into the workings of all creation this salvation that would come through Jesus Christ. Knowing that we had called down consequences, we had stepped into a way of life that was going to bring calamity, disease, heartache, pain into the world, he already stepped into that pain and said, I'm going to fix it. And right there at the beginning, he makes that claim in the middle of declaring the consequences of our disobedience, he also declares his willingness to intercede, to intercept, to stand in the way of our judgment. And you see, the devil came and he certainly crushed a, a part of Jesus' existence. Jesus experienced pain, heartache, um, misery, difficulty on our behalf but he crushed the devil's head. You see, the devil's wound of Jesus Christ was momentary and temporary and in a part of his body that wasn't of eternal value, but Jesus Christ crushed his head. He destroyed him forever. There is nothing left. And though he still exists physically, his power and authority over you has been removed. So this is good news. I love that particular scripture I read to you in the message. And it says this, Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. Do you remember the scripture that says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. My friend, you chose the curse. We chose the church curse. Human beings chose a cursed lifestyle, but Jesus said, I choose you. Yeah. I choose you, and I will stand in the way of what you have called down on yourself, and I will make a way for you to be redeemed. If I want to think of a way of describing this to you, it's like this morning you were having breakfast and you spilt your milk. And Jesus came in, and if Jesus came in, you know, yes, yes, that's a memorable breakfast. He cleaned up the mess and gave you his milk. Maybe even more. It's that you were having breakfast this morning and you invited the devil. And he spilled your milk and he took your whole house. And Jesus stepped in. He gave you his milk and he gave you his house. You see, see, that's kind of how, what Jesus did. He's, he sees the calamity that's coming, and he's already made a way to redeem it. And what I want to invite you to do is, 
is to choose life, but in order to choose life, you must choose Jesus. Choose Jesus in order to choose life. I want to introduce you to a, a woman named Greta. I don't have a, a picture with her, but Andrew and I first met her when she was a, a student studying nursing in Namibia. We were planting a church in Vintuk, and she, um, she was in her late teens. I spoke to her on Facebook, so I have permission to tell you the story, but she, she had been raised by a mother who was very poor, the father was not around, but she was raised by this mother who was battling with poverty. And this mother would, would give her body to men in return for money on occasion, just out of desperation. The difficulty was that, that in this very tiny little house kind of shack they had, that when the men came and the mom didn't want to give them what they wanted, they would climb in the window and take Greta. Because she was dark-skinned in her family, darker-skinned than her siblings, she was ridiculed in her family and given less food than the rest of her brothers and sisters. In addition, when there was money to go around, her brothers and sisters got the school uniform, she didn't. So she often went to school in, in a uniform that was far too small for her or that she'd borrowed or that was torn or that was not good. She mostly didn't have shoes. So as a result of school, she was ridiculed all the time. When we had met her by sheer force of will, she had managed to get into nursing college and she was, she was making her way through, but she was beset with internal fears, just, uh, just feelings of, of worthlessness and pain and heartache. And, and as a result of the pain in her heart, she had said yes to many guys that she should not have said yes to, in ways she should not have said yes. And then she came and she found Jesus. And we spent many hours praying with her, talking through where she'd come from. And you know what? When she found Jesus, she was just so grateful. She was just so grateful that there was someone who would love her and take her as she was. And you know what? She just gave her life so completely. She said, you know what? Where I've come from, what I've done, I just, I'm just turning away from that. And I, I'm receiving everything Christ has for me. I'm going to choose, even though it seems so unbelievable that I'm loved and I'm wanted, I'm going to choose to believe it. And daily we saw the transformation in her life. Very soon she became a leader in our congregation. She was so passionate about God. She was in our worship team. She just, she was in our sound team. She was everywhere. You know, she's one of those people, tell me what needs to happen, I will do it. Soon after, she, she met a man who'd been, uh, who was a, a deep and sincere Christian. The two, he was a teacher. The two of them got married. She now, she now lives in Nova Scotia of all places. She has two children, a little boy who's eight years old, a girl who's four years old. On, on Facebook, I was looking recently and she'd made these magnificent cakes for them with just, um, for the little girl with mermaids and sea shells and just magnificent for the boy. He had lions, all Africa theme, I just want to say. You can take a person out of Africa, you can never take Africa out of the person. It's just never going to happen. And, 
and she is so happily married and she's 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 a leader in her community she's um raising a, a family so well her children have no idea what happened generations back they live secure they live safe they are happy they are loved and god has redeemed God has redeemed. You see, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what consequences of not only your life, but your parents' life and your grandparents' life have come down upon you. When you choose Jesus, you choose life. When you choose Jesus, you choose life. You know, there's something that Greta had to do. She chose Jesus to, to get her salvation, but she also had to choose a different kind of lifestyle. Because her lifestyle had been informed by her parents' lifestyle. And so all she knew growing up was this, this way of relating to men, this way of relating to life from a defensive, angry, needy place. Because you see, my friends, the curse is not just a consequence, it's also a lifestyle. And the problem is, we choose Jesus, but we bring this lifestyle with us. Yeah. And what, what really hurts my heart is to see people choosing Jesus, but then hanging on to the old lifestyle. And they've got their ticket to heaven, but man, that cursed lifestyle is following them. And the calamities and the difficulties that come with it are just being repeated generation after generation after generation. You see, every culture known to man has been cre created by mankind. And within that culture, we most certainly have some sparks of the creativity of Jesus. The image of Christ is coming through those cultures. But also in every culture, there is the ungodliness of mankind that has created a kind of cursed way of living that, that is harming us and is harming our children. You see, the scripture goes on, and it talks about Eve having this pain in child rearing. It talks about Adam and his descendants having this pain at work, like, like the ground just not yielding its fruit to him, and just the work and the pain of that. It describes to us a brokenness in our relationships between men and women. It describes the fact that, that Eve, would, her desire would be for her husband. That's not a good desire. It's not like, oh, my wife just thinks I am so sexy. It's not that kind of desire. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. <laughs> but, but that desire is the same word that is used when sin was crouching at Cain's door. And his, the sin's desire was for Cain to get him to go and kill his brother. It's the kind of desire that tries to get something from someone, that tries to manipulate, um, make that person feed my needs. You see, see, God was saying, your brokenness is going to distort your marriage, going to distort your relationship. And in addition, the man was then going to um, rule over the woman. My friends, I told you some weeks back, when God says that we were to rule over creation, he never said we were supposed to rule over another, another human being. So in, in return, there was this domination of the man over the woman. Yeah. 
and her trying to get something from him. I'd like to just caveat right now, there's a difference between headship and this kind of domination. So headship of the man in marriage is a good and wholesome thing, but it's like Christ leads his church with love and compassion and wanting the best for her and empowering her and giving her space. But this kind of rulership and domination and this kind of trying to get something out of it. And then child rearing was going to be painful and hard. And then work was going to be painful and hard. Does this remind you of anyone? My friends, look around us. This is working into our communities, into our cultures everywhere. And at some stage, we've got to stand up and say, no, we're not of that generation. We're not of that people. We're not a cursed people. We're a free people. We've been set free from a curse, so we do not have to live with this stuff. Our marriages can be whole and life-giving. Our child-rearing can be full with grace and beauty and magnificence. Our work can be fruitful and enjoyable and exciting. And what does it mean we're going to have to choose Jesus, to choose life, to choose his lifestyle? You see, a cursed lifestyle can become so normal that we often accept it as status quo. We often just say, that's how it is. Please, can we just read the Bible? Can we just see what he promised? And can we refuse what just feels normal to us because it's always been that way? And can we say yes to Christ's lifestyle, to his kingdom lifestyle, his invading goodness that wants to permeate through us into the world? There is a scripture in the last scripture that I'm going to read. How do you like all that barbed wire? We don't get that barbed wire. We get cotton wool and fluffy things. <laughs> Romans 12 verse 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is his good and acceptable and perfect will. Do not be conformed to the world. If you read the original, it's more like don't be forced into the mold of the world. And you see, unfortunately, what comes with choosing a lifestyle outside of Christ and the curse that comes with it is that the enemy, the serpent and his legion, hate God and they hate your happiness. And when they see you stepping into a cursed lifestyle, they're rejoicing. And they will feed you lie after lie after lie that will keep you there. They will try and press you into that mold. Every time you try and step out, they will try and tell you why it can't be done. This is the way it always has been. You can't do anything more. Just stay like this. They will even feed you theology to try and keep you there. Ungodly theology. You see, church... The enemy is, is trying to bruise your heel continuously, mm-hmm. grab you, pull you down. But Jesus Christ has crushed his head, so we don't have to listen to him. But the reason I share that is, is when you come out of a cursed lifestyle, when you say, no, I want this no more, I want to live Christ's way, there's going to be a little bit of a battle. You're going to have to fight off some thoughts. You're going to have to fight off some habits. You're going to have to fight off some ways so that you can live the 
the enormous freedom that Christ has for you. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel strange at first because you're not used to it. But the more you do it, the better it happens. My husband is, un is shamelessly sending out adverts right here. Come to Victory Weekend. That's why we do Victory Weekend. To help you get out of these things, to give you a supportive place to just make the changes. So a curse is a consequence, but blessing is also a consequence. Choose life. Jesus has conquered all of the curse. So choose Jesus in order to choose life. And the curse comes with a lifestyle. But Jesus Christ comes with a lifestyle too. So choose his lifestyle. That's how we avoid the curse and live in the freedom that he has for us. Right